There is no growth in comfort and no comfort in growth. Business Today typically values and promotes leaders for their subject expertise. Leaders who have command of the details and execute based on knowledge and experience are highly respected. However, to grow as a leader, you have to get out of your comfort zone. That means learning to lead without just being the expert. Learn to gain the trust and respect of a team that might know more than you do. Get comfortable with ambiguity and with not having all the information. Develop the skills and confidence to lead in a different way. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace. Every now and then I meet people who just inspire me. And particularly, I get inspired by people who are trying to do things that are way out of their comfort zone. I love the confidence. I love the people who are willing to challenge themselves. And I love the daring spirit. And so today, we're going to talk to one of those people. And it happens to be somebody who's a millennial. Now, this is important for two reasons. One, my guest has a really inspiring story of itself. A bit of out of the comfort zone and willing to create something when the world around him told it wasn't possible possible. So I want to hear that story just for the pure pure inspiration. The second part and the second half of the show is this is a massive lesson in what it's like to work with millennials. So we're going to get some of my guest's experience and perspective as a millennial on what we should be thinking about working with this generation. So my guest today is Silvio Kojikaru. He's a driven and passionate millennial who's found his purpose in helping other millennials find theirs. Now, Sylvia has a long story. The first part of the story was he was fired from his first ever job at the age of 19. And he decided to create a perfect revenge for his employer. And we're going to talk about what that means and how that goes. Since he was fired, he was awarded the Student Employee of the Year in the UK. He's worked for all types of companies, from being a waiter in small restaurants to having a decent but boring job in an office, and up to managing and creating an online training for over 90,000 people for the biggest financial player in the world. And in the process, I'm going to say he's found his purpose. Um, so I want to stop that one for the moment because I want Sylvia to tell us the story in his own words. So Sylvia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wanda. It's, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you talk about this because I think it's such a fabulous story. So I want to get to the end point at the beginning, just so people know where we're going. So Having done all these different jobs, having been fired and a whole host of other stuff that we're talking about, you're in the process of creating a new company. Just give us the headline about what this company is about. So the, the company is called Millennial Hero. Um, and what we basically do is we, we empower, you know, motivated but overwhelmed millennials, figure out what to do with their life. Um, and we do that very simple by providing some proven steps and a proven approach that kind of allows them to overcome their, you know, insecurities, to become authentic. And from that place of authenticity, we allow them to define what mark they want to leave in the world and how to make that into a career. So that's ah. in brief what we do. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. So the company is launched in the process of launching. Kind of where are you with it? So that's a really good question. We are just about to launch it. So we are going to launch on Kickstarter, um, and uh, we are actually launching today because we we wanted to allow the people who want this to get their hands on this product the most. You know, the millennials. We want them to to get it through Kickstarter because that's that's where most of the people uh, tend to gravitate when it comes to new innovative ideas 
that helps uh, helps people with their lifestyle. Great, great. So that we are great. we we have designed the program. We have all the technology ready, and now it's just a matter of launching it and then allowing people to pre-order it, um, so that everyone can can have a chance to to figure out what to do with their life. <laughs> I love it, um, and welcome to the millennial way of how to start a company and getting people to pay for it as it goes and and build it as it goes. We're going to come to the details on that one in just a minute, but let's start, let's go back and talk about you. So first off, give us a little bit of history. You grew up where? So I grew up in Romania um, and moved to start my university um, in in England about six years ago uh, with... Little English, I came here just to, to, start, to, to start university, um, and I, I, I thought it was going to be just for the university. However, you know, the two, three years have started, uh, have become now five years, six years, and now uh, I think this is where I'm going to be um, settling for a while. Okay, fabulous. All right, so you come to the UK You've got to learn English. You don't know much English. How did you do that? <laughs> um, I think, you know, people, people have two ways of doing this. Uh, you can start small and you can, you know, learn by, by doing and, you know, stay in your comfort zone and play it safe. Or you can be dropped in the middle of the ocean and one way or another you need to start swimming. So you have two options. You either start swimming or stay in the same place. So I think what the, the, the best way, um, you know, and what, what allowed me to, to adapt and learn English so, so quickly and adapt to the new culture, new country, is the fact that I, I got dropped <laughs> exactly in the middle of the ocean. You know, I came here with one week before the university started, and uh, I had to... to to learn everything and to adapt immediately in order to be able to, to perform in my university. Uh, it, was, it was the only op- option. Um, so that's, that's, that's where I kind of started. Um, and the, the, I think the, the only reason why, why I adapted it so quickly. Okay. All right. You had studied English before you came to the UK, I presume, a little bit. Yes. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> Uh, it's it's mandatory. In the, it's the same. English, it is the same. You know, foreign language that everyone learns in school. Uh, you learn how okay. to say hi. You learn how to present yourself in a couple of phrases. Um, and we all know. You know, even when you, even if you you come from from the states in the UK, you still have issues with the, with the, with the accent and the pronunciation of a couple of words. So, um, although I, I've learned, uh, a, you know, a slight, slightly uh, some some English in in in, in school. When you come here, you discover it's a completely new language. <laughs> right. So All right. All right. That, that was the foundation, but it did help slightly, yeah. Okay. All right, so I just want to make sure everybody heard this. You come here from Romania. You have studied you know, the equivalent of high school foreign language. We all know how inadequate that can be. First trip, you got one week before you start university at a UK university, meaning they speak English on a regular basis. It's not like it's Romanian in the background. All right. So here you are at the university. You figured out how to do it. You're managing to survive and you get your first job. What happens? So I, 
I, I, I was, I'm very focused on career and, you know, having, having been close to, to death a couple of times, um, in my, in my previous, uh, back, back home, I, I really wanted to make a mark in, in, in the world, right? So I, I focused, although I was learning, studying English, studying business, um, in the same time, I also wanted to, to make an impact. So I got the first job. Um, you know, I was so happy, like, you probably everyone remembers the feeling when they got their first office job, how happy you are to make your, your parents proud, to, to, to you, you start thinking about your first salary, how you're going to spend it, and then you, you think like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of make it, you know, I, 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 I make my, my, my life work um, in some way. And short, after a month of, of working in this digital, online digital company, that excitement and that joy quickly came to a stop because um, one evening my, my manager came to me and said, Sylvie, you're, you're simply not fit for the role. So within a couple of seconds, within a month, I've been fired from my first ever job uh, at the moment where I thought I was at the top of my, my game. You know, I finally worked 19 years to get to this point. Um, and within a month, I kind of kind of failed and failed. I thought at that point that I failed my my whole life because uh, I, you know, it's you you don't get fired so many times. And the first time that happens, you're kind of desperate. You you feel like you let everyone down. So it was, it was quite an impactful moment in 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 my life. Um, to this, adding the fact that I was still in university and still learning English and still uh, accommodating to, to new friends, finding new, you know, find, learning about this new culture. So it was, it was quite tough at that point, yeah. Um, yeah. I must say. Yeah. All right. So massive disappointment just at the moment that you think you're about to make it. Yeah, get the rug pulled out from under you. So we've got the financial stress. We got the disappointing the parents. We thought the I'm still struggling to find my way in this new country and in this new language. So how did you pick yourself up, and what did you do next? Um, it, it's, you know, it's 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 really funny because in Hollywood, everyone, all the movies start the same way. No, you had a failure. You 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 hit rock rock bottom, and then you pick yourself up. And within the next day, you're, you know, flying and changing the world and, and making things happen, you know. But in reality, it, it's quite different. <laughs> so I remember, uh, when, you know, being in the office and just managing to, to keep it within, you know, not, not to cry in front, of the, in front of my manager. When I closed the door to the office, uh, you know, the first question I had in my mind was obviously, what went wrong? And how can I avoid this in the future? Okay. And the answer came immediately. You know, the first thing that came in my mind was, I want to do something that is um, right next to my heart. You know, something that inspires me, something that um, allows me to contribute to the society, to the world, while allowing me to, to hit my career goals as well. But the second <laughs> question was, you know, how on earth will I contribute to this world? And how on earth would I, you know, not spend the rest of my life searching for it. And then, and then I decided that, you know, from, from that desperation, from that frustration, 
I decided that I, I need to find something that allows me and the people around me to, to uh, find whatever we're looking to do in our life and, you know, make a career um, from it. And I wanted to make it simple. At that point, I wanted to make it into one hour, you know, something that allows everyone to, to, to spend one hour, figure out what to do with their life, and then start building it. I wanted to make it efficient, and I wanted to make it uh, affordable, because millennials, us, you know, everyone knows we have, uh, we don't have the biggest budget in the world, right? So that frustration, and from that desperation, I, I, I started to, to work, and that was kind of the, the fuel that allowed me to, to go through it. Uh, and I wish it was, you know, the usual success story that, you know, you, you, as I said, you, you hit rock bottom, rock bottom, and then you start working, and everything works fine. But since then, uh, immediately afterwards, I, I started discovering what I want to do with my life. And the easiest way for, for millennials to do so is start volunteering. So I started mm-hmm. volunteering. I had actually three volunteering schemes. I was working as a teacher, as a math teacher. I was mm-hmm. working as a receptionist in a hospice. And I was working as a um, floor assistant in a charity shop. All the while, while, while getting a job, a part-time job as a waiter and another part-time job as a student ambassador in my university. Everything while I was studying in my first year. So that, within, from that frustration, that allowed me to work three volunteering schemes, two part-time jobs, and get a first in my first year of university. Um, and because of that, I, that's, that's, that's when I've been nominated and, uh, to win the uh, Student Employee of the Year. Okay. Um, and the first time I, I won it in London, and then I've, went to, I've, I've actually went to the next stage, and I, I, was, I was picked, selected the Student Employee of the Year in, in my first okay. year. Okay. Um, so, so that, did you sleep in that yeah. year, Sylvia? Did you, I mean, that sounds like it's incredible. <laughs> you have three volunteering jobs. You're working full t- as a waiter to pay the bills. You're a student ambassador, and you're getting a first in your degree. Did you study? I mean, did you sleep at all? <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. To be honest, I had about, I remember having about four hours available uh, in, in a week, in a normal week. So it was Sunday for, from 8 a.m., to 12 p.m. That's when I was actually having my my break, you know, my <laughs> my my free time. <laughs> I do not recommend. Looking back, I do not recommend that because <laughs> it's not necessarily a a very product. It, it was very productive, but you have to have a balance, um, yeah. and you have to you have to allow yourself some time to reflect. But looking back, that that's exactly what what. It has some good and some you know some positives and negatives. Um, it allows you to to work so much to meet, network, expand your knowledge, expand your your network, and figure out start to start to understand who you are and what why you want to work. But in the same time, it doesn't allow you to to have extra a, a lot of fun. So that's yeah. the negative bit. Okay. All right, fair enough. I, I think it's it overbalances. Okay. All right. So here you are. You've done fabulous things in your first year. You've gone on to win other degrees. Um, where did you discover that you had this passion for help? Well, we know where you discovered it, but how did you get back to working on this passion of helping other people figure out what their purpose is and how they're going to contribute to the world? 
So it was a gradual thing. Um, after, after my second year of university, because of all the uh, accomplishments that I got, um, I've, I've achieved and all, all, the, all the great things I've done, um, I've been hired in, a, in a, one, of, you know, one of the biggest software companies in the, in the world. As the, I had the same business, as, as, as the same role, the same job as I had when I was fired, so I didn't really learn my lesson there. Um, I went through uh, one year of depression because I didn't like it, but I had to stay in it. Um, but that's when I've actually learned more about myself and what I don't like um, and what I like at the same time than in the rest of my, my life because um, I started reading a lot. I started reading everything from leadership to motivation, performance, career, um, you know, religion, every, hundreds of books on everything I could put my, my hand on. Um, and that kind of gives me a flavor that I want to help people figure out what to do with their lives. But all the, you know, most of the jobs that I've seen around were, regard, were related to life coaching. And as, you, most, as most of the people know, there are, a couple, there are some really, really good life coaches, but the majority mm-hmm. of people um, don't have a really good reputation, right? So um, as, as a joke, one, one, one evening, my manager, my, my manager back then said, Sylvia, you read so many books. You shouldn't be, um, you know, a business developer or a consultant. You should be a life coach. And we started joking, right? Um, and yeah. then step by step, since then, I've, I've started, because I started to read so many books, I started to help my friends get jobs in really cool places, um, like the Times, you know, Deutsche Bank. Um, and I've, I've seen that I really enjoy um, helping people. And most of the times when, when, you, when I would meet someone, we would start speaking about careers. We would start speaking about, you know, how we want to change the world and what we want to do. And without realizing, I, I've developed in my third year of university, I've developed, a, a, you know, a side gig, a business that, that I was helping not only my friends now, but I was helping the friends of their friends figure out what to do with their life. And one evening, I just had this, this crazy idea. I said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of speaking to the camera. I, as, as most of us, you know, we are afraid of, of being yeah. embarrassed, of, of putting ourselves out, out there. But seeing how many people love what I, I was doing, I said, you know what? Forget everything now. Um, I got myself a camera. I, I got myself one of my, uh, I got one of my friends with me, and we went in uh, one of the districts here where I was working, um, where I was about to work, and I recorded a clip in which I've actually said, guys, I am a young career coach. Although I had no experience, although I had no training, although or no qualification um, in a traditional manner, I recorded myself and said, I am willing to help anyone achieve their career goals, and I'm willing to do this for free. All you have to do is donate as much as you think to a charity, so in this way you contribute to other people's lives while getting help. Um, and that was, that was kind of a, a, a rocky moment for me because I, I never thought... Um, I, I will, anything good will, 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 you know, will result out of that. But that was the actual, the, the moment where I realized that I love this because people started, started coming at me and it was kind of a test to see whether or not I like doing what I was doing. I like um, helping people. And little by little, that grew and grew and grew exponentially and up to a point where I was working uh, I got my, my job in this bank um, that I, I work in now, and I was working my second job from 6 until 12, 1 a.m., helping people uh, with their careers, with their jobs, applying, and, and so on. 
Um, so that's, that's where I kind of realized that this is something that I love doing. And not necessarily I love doing. It's something that I, I am meant to be doing. Um, and because I had so much energy, you know, after speaking so many hours with people, at the end of that conversation, I had so much energy at 1 a.m., at 12, you know, 12 a.m. that I couldn't sleep for for the next one or two hours. So um, that that was that was the moment when I actually knew I am onto something. You know, regardless if I'm getting paid, I want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Wow. So wow. Okay. So where are you today? In the so you started this program on Kickstart. So that people can come on and um, give give a bit of money and get access to the prototype of, or the product that's available out there, help build it, pre-order it, I think is the right way to say it. Is this your full-time job or are you still working full-time? So I'm now working at uh, two jobs. Um, I, I work as a consultant, uh, as a learning and performance consultant. Basically, I, I look after, I, I help the, 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 the one of the financial players in, in um, in London, create online training for their people uh, and their employees. And when, when every single day when I go home, I work with five very passionate uh, millennials to finalize the, the, the launch. So the product is, uh, is almost ready. Um, all we need now is, is to uh, hide, you know, the, the, Put the, the marketing uh, marketing strategy together, and just get um, the the um, micro lessons, as we like to call them, recorded. Because the the, the program is, is basically a ten day program in which um, you spend thirty minutes understanding who you are, understanding what you want to do, and then building building that into a career. So. This is this is an online program, and we've uh, at this point we are just about to to launch in, on, on Kickstarter. But the answer to your, to your question is uh, yes, I, I still do have two jobs um, because building a purpose it it takes a little bit more than just a nine to five job. So if it, for for myself to allow me to to deliver my my work purpose, I need to provide for myself, but at the same time I need to to work towards building this uh, dream of mine. Fabulous. Fabulous. So you have a couple of people that are working with you. um, And I can also tell you just for the record that one of our former guests who's talked about purpose is the one who contacted me about Silvio to say how impressed he was with the product and the lessons and the process that you've done. So while I haven't seen it, I'm excited to see it because I think it's going to be really phenomenal. I've seen bits of it, but I think it'll be really, really exciting. So um, what are you hoping for out of this? What do you hope happens as a result? I mean, you're going to fulfill your purpose, but where do you hope this goes? So I, I believe that in, in the future, most of the companies uh, will be using this kind of product in order to identify their employees. And I think this will be, apart, apart from getting this in front of all the millennials, apart from helping people figure out what to do with their lives, um, this, this is going to, to, to be one of the most used tools to identify whether or not a, uh, a person will be um, the, you know, the, a really good employee for that company. So uh. what, I want, what I want to, to get from this is we'll, we'll be building a platform, and as you've, as you've mentioned, we, we took um, the, 
the program, a program called the Implicit Career Search, and we put mm-hmm. it on in, onto this online platform, uh, broke it down, used principles of, principles of neuroscience to allow people to, to act on it immediately. And on this platform, people can go in, um, do the exercises, watch the, the lessons, apply what they've learned immediately, work with your um, coach or accountability partner to, to find a purpose and, and build their career. And also, on this platform, um, they will be able to track their progress. So we will have, apart from the course, we will also have uh, an army of coaches who will be helping people, uh, who will be answering, uh, who will be answering uh, the millennials all the questions that they have. So in the future, we're not going to have, we're not only going to have a one course that allows people to figure out what to do with their life, but also other courses, other solutions that allow people to prosper in their careers uh, and, and to make the most out of the time that they spend here. Um, so that's, that's where we, we want to go. Um, this is just the first step, uh, but in the future we want, to, uh, we want, this to, we want to empower everyone um, to achieve their career goals, regardless what those career, career goals might be. That's fabulous. I love it. I love the enthusiasm and I love the spirit behind this one. So we're going to take a break here in just a couple minutes. Um, my guest with me today is Silvio Kojakaru. Silvio has done, as you've heard, he's come from Romania, has come to the UK, learned English, has finished university. Have you finished university already, Silvio? I presume so. Given I have yes. Yes. With all sorts of awards along the way, having done student of the year and one first in his first year and on to other things as well, working multiple jobs, it sounds like with boundless energy, but some failures along the way. And in doing that, discovered that his real passion is about helping other people so much so that he's been doing it in the part time hours on end, it sounds like to me coaching people, even though he doesn't have a qualification of coaching. So he's sort of discovered his own way, if you will. And what he's done is taken an existing program on discovering your sense of purpose and meaning, how you want to have impact in the world, and converted that to a platform that allows a millennial in an affordable way to go in and begin to go through the exercises and come with their own sense of purpose. Did I do a decent job describing that, Silvio? That's brilliant, yes. Okay. All right. So one of the things that I find fascinating is the daring to do it, because I think you had a lot of people along the way who told you you didn't have enough experience to be a career coach. Am I right about that? (laughs) And it doesn't take no for an answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. um, To be honest, since since I started this journey, um, everyone would would tell me that initially I'm not going to make it in the U.K., um, I didn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't the best at English either, you know. So whenever I'm, I'm leaving to the UK, they said, "You're not going to make it." When um, they've they've seen that I was working two part-time jobs, three volunteering schemes, and university, they said, "You need to quit everything and focus just on university because you're not going to make it." And I said, "Okay," and I kept move, moving forward. Um, but the the biggest uh, obstacle that I, I had to overcome was um, when. One of my, my teachers, one of my tutors in university, the, my, my personal tutor, the, the person who's been with me and has seen me growing over the last, over, you know, the three, four years I've spent in university, when he's heard about the fact that I want to become a career coach, um, that's, that's, that, at that point he said, actually, Silvio, I don't think you should 
be doing this because this is you are too young. You are not prepared to be doing this. You don't have the education. You don't have the, the qualifications. You don't have the the the, the money to, to to do so. You're still a grad now. You're you've just graduated university. How on earth will you make? Will you allow people to figure out what to do with their life when you still are, are 22, 23 years old? There's no way you will be able to do so. Um, and I said, okay. Maybe I might not be able to help people figure out with their life, figure out what to do with their life as a career coach. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be doing it at all. Um, and and although that that hurt me, in the same time, pushed me and gave me the motivation to to, to step forward. And although I had no clue what how to do it. I had no money. I had no people supporting me. No one in my network knew how to do it. I didn't even know what qualifications you had to have as a career coach. I said, I will find a way. Um, and that, that kind of gave me the drive to, to, to overcome my obstacles. And since then, I've been way, way outside of my comfort zone. And at this point, speaking to you, you know, having to manage um, – Three, four, five people. Um, now they are my, they, are, they become my friends. But having to manage people while having a, a part-time, a, a full-time job, and having to manage some of some of my friends who, you know, they're not paid. So I need, to, I, I'm, I'm working way out of my, outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> but I had to do this, and I had to overcome this obstacle because I had no other way of, of doing it. So I had okay. to find a way. I love it. I think in many ways that captures some of the millennial spirit that both frustrates the rest of us and excites the rest of us. So on that note, let's take a break. My guest today is Silvio Kojakaru. When we come back, I want to talk about the whole millennial generation and Silvio's perspective of what he wants from those of us who are managing him. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup, like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. More 
the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is Sylvia Kojikaru. Sylvia is a millennial who has started, well, has a job, has graduated with great degrees from the UK, done some amazing things, taken himself out of the comfort zone, and is now in the process of creating a new business. And then doing so, he discovered that his purpose is about helping other people find jobs in which they can contribute and have meaning in society. So the Website that he's launching to help millennials is called themillennialhero.com, and it kickstarts today. So go check it out. I highly recommend it. Fascinating process. Now, I want to turn the table, Sylvia. I want to flip this. You've been talking about the excitement and the challenges and the number of people who said you can't, you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fail, you're in a mistake, and you kept going anyway. At every turn, it seems, and you kept going against some amazing odds. So that's not, I mean, I see lots of millennials who just keep going. What I want to do now is to talk about millennials. Now, I'm not asking you to be the expert on all millennials around the world. What I want from you is your perspective as a millennial and your friends and the people that you've been helping. So it's a nice little set there to tell us what you want. So in that context, what do managers need to do to kind of harness this power that you've been talking about of just going and doing? How do we keep millennials engaged? That's a very interesting question. And, of course, <laughs> my first answer would be to start uh, by finding the right millennials so that you don't have to fire them. <laughs> um, okay. So that's, for, 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 for me, what. Um, has been a, a game changer um, was when I was hired to do um, the mission that I, w- I wanted to do or, or a mission that I was connected to at a deeper level, not necessarily a mission that sounds good, but something that connects with me as a person and is a reflection of, of who I am. So the way my 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 first reflection on how managers um, should keep millennials engaged is firstly to find millennials who are can be engaged by the mission of the company and whatever the company is doing and whatever the change um, factor is that that company provides to the world mm-hmm. you will never you will never be able to you know you'll never be able to to find a good doctor unless that doctor, for instance, wanted to save lives. God forbid to, to be able to, to go into a, a surgery with a doctor that wants to become a, you know, a violinist, right? Okay. So the first, the first uh, reflection I have on this is to find people that 
really are, are, are passionate about what you want to do. Because now, without that... Yeah, like anywhere. It's very hard. But that means that as a company, we have to know what it is we are doing. And at a deeper level than we're making money or we're going to be first in the marketplace or we're going to be trusted by our customers, which is what most companies say as their mission. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I so, understand fully. Um, every, every company to survive has to make money and every company to survive has to satisfy customers' needs. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to say, yes, uh, you know, we, we're changing the world, but you, as a company, you cannot support that unless you make money and unless you deliver to the customers. Mm-hmm. But the, the millennials that have been engaged in the workplace, um, we're, we're working and are working in companies that are able to connect the money-making to the purpose and to the mission of the company and to the change. Everyone knows that we need to make money, but apart from making that money, how else my job as a sales consultant, my job as a um, marketing guy, how is my, my job impacting the, um, the, the organization and how is the organization as a result of my job impacting the world? And Great. I think the, the millennials working in these companies and understanding how them answering that email to that customer or closing that sale, for instance, will help the customer change something in the world. And, and that, that kind of gives, gives us, you know, a little bit of fulfillment. Apart from working in a cool place, apart from working in, in a cool team, knowing that what we do actually matters engages us at a deeper level that you know, no other factor uh, could do it. That's, okay. that's you know, my, my first um, right. experience. So I want to synthesize what you said that really strikes me as kind of the essence of this one. And you said, yes, we all know that we have to make money, we have to satisfy customers and all the things that go with that. Yes, of course. But what we're interested in is the change the company is providing to the world the change the company is providing to the world. And how is it that what I'm doing, whatever my job is, answering the email, closing the deal, whatever it is, is helping that company provide the change to the world, whatever it is articulated. So it's what's the change we're giving and how am I enabling that change to actually happen? Exactly. Um, that's, 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 from my perspective, um, the game changer. Now, okay. I know this has some drawbacks as well. Okay. Um, because in, and I'm telling this from, as, as my own experience and as the experience of the people that I've helped. Okay. When we see a cool company, we tend to like whatever they're doing, even though it's not entirely what we want to do with our life. Mm-hmm. But because the, the mission of the company sounds cool, we say, oh, my God, this is, this is the best thing that ever happened uh, to the world, and I want to be part of it. Now, I think this is something that Simon Sinek said as well. You know, if, as, a company, as a company, everyone can articulate a good mission, a mission statement. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, many people are, are drawn into that. The challenge is and the drawback is 
in the interviews, we all know that people and millennials and most of the people tend to, how should I put it, exaggerate? Um, mm-hmm. and, and give just the positives and everyone's excited about, uh, you know, the next big thing for a month, two months or three months, but not necessarily in the long term. So that's why some companies see millennials very engaged at the beginning. And I, I know because I've been there, very engaged at the beginning uh, of, of the first two, three months. And then you're like, is there, a, you feel like something is missing. Um, and even though, you know, I am promoting having people that enjoy and are connected to your, to your mission as a company, I'm also saying that the, the side coin is that we, we also need to find the people that have the same mission mm-hmm. as, 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 as uh, the company. And we all know that millennials and, and most of the younger generations don't really know what to do with their lives. So, you know, we, we take jobs as an experiment or as to test. We want to learn more about ourselves. We want to, to experience um, different companies, different missions, different layers of seniority, just so that we, so that we, we can test, and as, as bad as, as that sounds, to understand what we want to, to take out of, what we want to achieve in our career. And that's, that's, you know, that's the other side of the coin. You know, we, you, we, you can hire people that say they're excited about your mission, but on the other side, they're not they're excited in a couple of months and they disengage. Okay. Um, Aaron Hurst, who, uh, who runs a company called TheImperative.com, which is about helping companies figure out what their purpose is, says the same thing, articulate that sense of purpose. He says the same thing, that what you really want to be doing is hiring employees whose individual sense of purpose and meaning contribution, if you will, is the same, matches up with a company's. So this is the same point as you're making. So yes, people, millennials can get excited about it because it sounds like a cool company. It sounds like a cool cause. It sounds like a cool change. But unless it's personal to what I want to do, that, that excitement doesn't last. Exactly. Okay. And that, that's when people disengage. Some of, okay. some, of, some of the people disengage. Okay, got it. Um, so, yes, that's, that's, that would be one, uh, one, of, one of the ways that um, managers could keep millennials engaged. Once, I've, I've, I've experienced the, the, you know, the third side of the coin, if there is one, uh, <laughs> where you, let, you work in a company that has a great mission, aligns with it, but the team the manager, and the overall um, working environment doesn't promote engagement. And I've had to, while I was working in my, my um, as a, you know, in my, in my career, I was working for a really cool company that was helping people um, that had these difficulties in their life and were, were living in, in a very poor conditions. We're helping them. Um, go back into careers, into starting their careers, but go back into work. And I've seen, I was very passionate about the company, very passionate about the mission, but again, because of the um, organizational environment, that made me disengage. So what about the environment that was so disengaging for you? Um, So the, the first thing was 
And this, I, I, I hear this over and over again, uh, feedback, mentoring, mm-hmm. coaching from the managers and from other colleagues. Um, and we know, and having been in the company now and have, having, now I have to manage my, my own uh, people, I know how difficult this is to, to create an environment where coaching is a habit where feedback is a habit, where you allow people to make mistakes, where people feel like they have responsibility and they can make mistakes and they can get feedback there and then. Okay. That's a, a big factor that um, I see doing, I see some people doing it extremely well. Some managers, some of my managers, some of the managers that, of, of the people that I work with doing very well and some of the managers are doing it very poorly. Uh, and that's that's another another way to lose people people's engagement, from my perspective. Okay. All right. When I say this to managers and clients that I work with, the pushback I get from them is that millennials just want to be told how good they are all the time. Is that true? So, can you re- repeat that? So the, the the millennials. Just want to be told how good they are. That they don't want negative feedback. They only want positive feedback. <laughs> to be honest, I I empathize with that because I have seen people um, getting some some negative feedback and then completely take it the other way around. And I know that some some you know some millennials uh, don't want to be told what to do and how to do it um, and feel like. Millennials want to hear just the positives. Yeah. To an extent, that's true. Um, to an extent, you could also play the devil's, the devil's advocate and say that I, the way that feedback is provided and the way it's framed from the very mm-hmm. beginning has a, has, a, has a big impact in the way um, it's, it's, that feedback is taken and um, the way people respond to it. So I had a manager who would tell me from the very beginning, Silvio, I will be tough on you, and I will be tough on you because I want you to do well. And I will be extremely punctual. I will be in very, I'll, I'll provide my feedback immediately, and I'll, I'll, I'll provide my feedback directly. And this is not for to, to put it down. It's to allow you to grow in your career. And guess what? I said, perfect, amazing, I love it. And guess what? The, the next day, he did so. And mm-hmm. he started providing some good positive feedback at the beginning, and I, I loved it. Then the next day, he provided some negative, some constructive feedback. And it kind of ruined <laughs> my idea of feedback uh, okay. and my, my excitement of, of receiving feedback. But in the same time, I knew that that feedback would help me. So in the next, I, I, I did go home a little bit frustrated. I, 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 can, I can say that, you know, I can come up with that. Um, I was a little bit frustrated, but because of the way it was framed, the next day I knew how to do it. And on the next occasion, I improved myself and I was extremely happy uh, and, and to be able to do so. And, I, and then I went back to the manager and I, I, I said, hey, this is what I've done. This is what you've taught me, and this is how I improved. And that, that again, sparks a fire in, in the millennials to want to get more. Obviously, criticism is never easy. Um, but the, the way you provide it, the, the way you frame it, that's 
that's the, the most important um, aspect of it. All right. So if I summarize that, that means as a millennial, I want to know that you are giving me feedback, not just to put me down, but because you really want to see me improve, that it's a caring framework. And you tell me that in the beginning and that it's not all immediately negative, that we start with some positive and then we can go to some constructive. And then you're available as a manager for me to show you what it is I have done and for you to affirm that what I have done is a good thing. So that's a lot of interaction. It is, and that's that's what creates engagement automatically. Having this these conversations on a on a on a daily basis, these alone will engage a person more um, into the workplace. From my experience. Okay. Okay. That's fascinating. I know a lot of managers are resisting this partly because their days are packed with so many other things that it is very difficult to find the time to do this well. And so some of the frustrations coming through as a result of that. One of the other things that I find interesting about millennials is that um, as you have done, it's never been easier to start a company. You can set it up in a matter of hours You can do what you're doing, which is getting funding in some interesting ways. I don't have to go out on the road and convince a whole bunch of venture capitalists to give me a lot of money instantaneously. Um, Friends are often willing to help out and volunteer in the early days. It's just never been easier. And so there's this, it seems to me among millennials, a love affair with starting their own business. And there's that pull constantly of, do I work for you or do I start my own thing? Do you see the same pull? I see loads of people. I mean, probably 90% of my friends want to start a business. Um, but there's, there's, because their idea of business and their idea of starting something out on your own, it's, you know, you have flexibility, you can travel. You can do whatever you want. Um, and loads of, loads of millennials have this dream to start something on their own and not, never have to, you know, not, not have to depend on someone mm-hmm. until, until they start doing it, <laughs> until they realize <laughs> the amount of effort that it takes to, to start a company, the amount of effort and um, courage and perseverance that it's it, it, it's needed to 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 go in day in and day out to start something. It's just you know crazy. Until that point, everyone would want to start a company, and many millennials and many of my friends want to do this. You know, even within the company, to start a project that they can call their own project. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so then, sort of the stamina that's required to actually do it okay it's exactly it. it's exactly a stamina that it's, it's required um and i i knew i know this firsthand and now whenever i hear someone saying oh i want to start a, a company i say that's great you go ahead with it and tell me uh, how far you go if you don't have the perseverance if you don't have the grit to stay with it and work extra hours until you can bridge the gap and, and do something on your own. Because it's not that easy to, to go from employed, full-time employed, to starting their, their own companies. Right. Great. All right. So two minutes. As a manager in a company, 
I know that people want to start their own thing. And does that mean I should let people have their own project more often? I would say yes and no. Okay. Yes, because it allows people to focus. And, and I think the, 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 the idea of having and working on their own project is the fact that people can, be, can have their own responsibilities. Millennials want to have responsibilities, want to have an impact, want to be given loads of responsibilities. And as, as, as long as it's you know, in the same direction that the company is going, and as long as that project is beneficial for both the company and it, or, or it doesn't hurt the company, I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. In the same time, you, as a manager, I believe you will have to manage your time. You will have to manage the workload of that, of that person. And if that, mm-hmm. if that project, side project or project within the company takes away, that, takes away that person from whatever they have to do on a daily basis, I would right. say not so. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's a balance. So, it's, so as long as I can carve out something that's useful, then that's worthwhile. And if not, then i got to figure out a balance behind it. Okay. All right. I think also we just have to appreciate that those that are working for us are probably having some sideline thing going in one way or another, where it's ever going to make it or not, we shall see, but that there's just always this sideline start of a business. Exactly. So, you know, instead of going from a grad to the first job, then to expert, to line manager, um, and to, to grow on the ladder, now millennials are going, okay, let's try this job. They get, they, they, they get a taste of it. Then they, they put the mask aside some money. They stay away. They take a, you know, a holiday for, or, or they, they stop working for six, or six months or one year until they try to do a side project. If that works out, sure, they build it into a business. If that doesn't work out, they're going to go into a different company. So it, we, we see that, that you know, going from entry level to manager, you know, the traditional ladder, it's not there anymore. People want flexibility. Yeah. People want to try, want to open their own business, with a jump between the companies because now the internet makes it easier for to learn about other companies. And in this way, it's that's in, in this way people would start their own thing a lot easier. In this way they would you know quit their job a lot easier than they used to be doing. And this is a huge challenge for, for the manager. I'm, I'm, and we are all aware of this. Yeah, right. I get that one. Okay, Sylvie, unfortunately, we are out of time on this one. I love this idea. It does give me the sense that if I had a way of fostering, helping millennials start their own thing in my own company, just a little bit on the sideline or in their spare time, that that might be something that would be a way of engaging them for a longer time. All right, my guest today is Silvio Kojikaru. Sylvia is starting this lovely project where you could find out more about it called the millennialhero.com. The Kickstarter is launching today. And it's basically an online course that allows millennials to go and figure out who they are, what's the contribution they want to make in the world and how they can fit. I think the biggest insight for all of this one is the power of understanding what it is we're trying to change in the world as a company and how that can fit with what the millennial is trying to accomplish in their own lives. Sylvia, thank you for being a guest. It's been great fun. It's been amazing. And thank you for the opportunity and for the the mission of this um, show as well. It's, It's amazing. 
Okay, fabulous. TheMillennialHero.com. Stay tuned on that one and join us next week for another episode on how to get out of your comfort zone. Thank you for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.